what is actually going to drive the culture in the company right it should be about who you hire Mm-hmm. and if you, if you know if i'm looking at joining a company it should be why should i join that company i can see a career path money but that matters only to a certain extent if you actually see the millennials and their uh, reason for picking up companies and it's about people are talking about having spectacular people to work with mm-hmm. people are talking about you know their first job as a platform where they learn much more mm-hmm. than what they learn in a b school where they are actually are uh, growing faster and they're doing that real networking where they're having the meaningful connections with people and that's what people are aspiring for then it is something that uh, you know the organization should look very uh, strongly towards this is the ctq smartcast where we have conversations about up leveling deliberate practice and getting future relevant so as companies grow they seek to build a common culture uh these can help the company tides work together tides workforce together and in times like 2020 when everyone gets scattered across the world uh, you still have something that binds you to the dna of the organization so here is where a lot of companies use the power of their cultural values uh, some have uh, already defined them and they try and make them very apparent some are in the process of defining these values but not everyone gets the process right not everyone understands the best ways to bring out uh, the power of these cultural values and that's what we want to explore today in this smartcast so t- today we are going to have uh, sirisha who's our resident expert on uh, building culture transformation within organizations especially from a people's point of view to talk about some of the best practices some of the do's and don'ts of uh, working with these values within an organization so welcome sirisha hi ramanan so sirisha before we begin can you give us a couple of lines of introduction uh, for yourself relevant to this topic yeah so uh, i primarily work with companies to help them build the right kind of culture uh, and which is completely aligned to their purpose the purpose of being for that organization and uh, actually also help them translate their culture into their values and uh, the behaviors in the organization which will actually bring the culture to life thank you so uh, you know let's begin at the basic question you know why should a company think about these cultural values and what are these cultural typical cultural values yeah so uh, culture is like the operating system for a company right it is what defines them what defines their uh, being it is about their the set of core ethos uh, or principles on the basis of which the company is run and uh, usually culture uh, the identity for the company stems from the founders they uh, kind of envision what is the kind of culture that they want in the organization uh, unfortunately that gets broken uh as the number of people in the organization increase and the priorities keep changing and uh that's where uh it's important to actually define this culture into what it means in terms of values for the company and what it means as behaviors for individuals so that that's what can be driven through the company using lots of uh, examples i recognizing lot of role models rewarding them okay and can you give us some examples of typical 
you know values words that are i mean how do you express them yeah so uh, uh so for instance there's a organization which has uh, let's say high performance as one of its uh, cultures then uh, if you want to maintain just imagine an organization with that as a cultural uh, norm right so then you're going to have people who are the best in class you have people who are self driven who have people who will be experimenting who will not just be following a set of instructions but uh, who will be constantly experimenting and who are uh, going to be engaged or intrigued by the kind of colleagues that they have you know the kind of people that they work with the environment matters a lot to them now uh, if if you assume a high performance organization like this then uh, honesty brutal honesty could be one of their values mm-hmm. where people are giving feedback directly to each other there is no molly coddling um if somebody is not performing up to the mark you should be ready to let go you should give them that concrete feedback now that is where you are actually driving a one of the values for the company coming from the culture and uh, from that you uh, come down to behaviors uh, it could be something like uh, you need to be delivering adding value to the company you need to be working with the uh, the bigger norm or the purpose of that company right everything that you do should be aligned to that should be uh, should help people uh, uh, contribute it, it, it should help everybody around you to actually contribute to that common purpose then it should be about people uh, working extremely hard and staying relevant uh, and it it's not about past glory it's about what you're doing this could be some of the behaviors that should constantly be drilled down it, be it in terms of messaging be it in terms of stories where you are actually recognizing uh, people and your values are actually what are non compromisable if you if you look at it right values are what will uh, differentiate a company from its competitors mm-hmm. it it's what is going to make uh, you stand out everybody knows the product that you're making there'll be 10 other people who are making something similar or working in a similar area what differentiates you is what is the kind of environment that you provide and what does this organization respect so values are those sacrosanct uh, principles which are non compromisable so people are rewarded recognized for it people are pulled up if they are not practicing it or you go to the extent of letting go of people mm-hmm. right so uh, could you give us some examples of companies that have got these values uh, right so you know whom we can look at as role models and these are not necessarily companies that maybe you worked with and you worked with a lot of different kinds of companies so some you know leading examples that we can uh, you know you can tell us about so some leading examples again in the multinational uh, context one is netflix where uh, they completely believe in freedom and responsibility mm-hmm. so uh, to ensure they bring that value the cultural uh, aspect to life they've gotten rid of majority of their policies so they have a no vacation policy they mm-hmm. uh, nobody needs to go for approval for something that is good in the uh, larger context of the organization and uh, with great freedom they say comes great responsibility and so every individual should work in the best interest of uh, netflix mm. then novartis is a company again that's doing a lot of work around building curiosity mm. uh, so they call themselves the unbossed culture mm. so they there's no question of a boss and it's about people working together and actually getting things done uh you know it tends to go closer to the holography model right where mm-hmm. there is a particular project that you want to execute so there's a bunch of people who are capable of contributing to that project comes together whoever has the best uh view about the longer term picture for it actually drives the project and then people uh contribute and they get the work done 
so uh, nowadays is also building this curiosity as a culture in the organization because they want to be agile nimble uh, want to want people to constantly learn question all the assumptions so that they uh, as a natural process they keep reinventing uh, themselves then google uh, has a good culture where uh, they say you know we take care of rest of the things for you so you know you come to work with your whole self you don't you're not bothered about other things so these are some uh, good multinationals which are actually living uh, the culture that they talk about and it's not restricted to the plaque that they put up in the office right so uh, you know i because i am a little skeptical about some of these from personal experience i have often found that uh, you know some of this is paid lip service to you have three four words that sound very generic very abstract uh and i sometimes struggle to understand one how does it differentiate one company from another when you say a a, a value like execution let's take it i'm i'm not saying that every company that has that value is uh paying lip service to it but so there are one is it's a very generic kind of word and i don't understand what it what i should do differently if i was working there and secondly do you think that uh someone comes up with this and then you know there is a reality which is very different from uh, the so comment on both these things yeah for majority of the companies that i have seen uh i've uh, attempted speaking to a lot of uh, cpos most places it is lip service because uh, just think about the genesis of this right mm -hmm. after growing to a certain extent everybody realizes that they need some culture statements and value mm -hmm. statements because that seems to be the in thing Correct. and uh, they need it so it ends up being the boardroom discussion uh, mm. discussion with the leaders and they come up with uh, some of these nice sounding words mm. now that's that, that's what usually happens and uh, they came up then it becomes an hr agenda which is mm. the most surprising part for me because culture has to be about ceo or ceo agenda mm. because you are actually building the company for the future it is mm. you know uh, built to last in a very different sense than uh, what was used earlier right it's about building a resilient organization that is ready to go with uh, which is agile nimble it constantly keeps adapting itself and it's actually delivering best in class and get it next growth now that should i that is ideally the vision of a ceo and uh, uh, the board and if you see after the real capital that is required for running a business it's the people capital that that's the only mm. differentiator so something which is as important as core as culture is often gets diluted because of the way it is done where it is pushed to hr then it becomes setting up football tables and table tennis uh, mm -hmm. uh, boards and uh, you know getting people to uh, forcibly come together as part of get togethers and uh, events that are organized mm -hmm. now uh, that's not what is actually going to drive the culture in the company right it mm -hmm. should be about who you hire and it if you know if i'm looking at joining a company it should be why should i join that company i can see a career path money but that matters only to a certain extent if you actually see the millennials and their uh, reason for picking up companies and there this recent survey which is done by bcg and sbl uh, which talks about millennials and the reason why they, they pick the company and it's about people are talking about having spectacular people to work with mm. people are talking about uh, using that you know their first job as a platform where they learn much more mm -hmm. than what they learn in a b school mm -hmm. uh, they looking at using that as a platform where they are actually 
a growing faster and they're doing that real networking where they're having the meaningful connections with people and that's what people are aspiring for then it is something that uh, they should you know the organization should look very uh, strongly towards and unfortunately right it falls in uh, the important but not urgent uh, grid right and uh, my attempt is to actually change that narrative saying mm. you know it is important and urgent because now is the time that if you haven't done so far now is the time that you need to define as to what you stand for uh, i think one thing i'm taking away is that uh, these values if done right can serve as you know compass direction setting mechanism something especially when you know you're like this where you're looking for uh, some something to orient yourself or reorient yourself these values can play that that role of that uh, direction setting so like you said a foosball table is of no use in a, in a year like this but if you've done uh, if you've stated uh, you know some form of resilience or team whatever is is your unique brand of values that is something you should be able to carry with you you know wherever you are right and whatever be the circumstances so uh, you know one thing i wanted to ask you is uh, what is the best time for a company to think about it and there are probably we can take two examples one is let's say you're a startup and you're uh, you know you're moving through the uh, the years and the series and funding and all those kinds of things uh, and let's take another more established kind of company maybe they are going from one order of magnitude growth to another so is there a good time to do these kinds of exercises or do they just happen by default so like what we were talking earlier right culture stems from uh, the founders philosophy of you know what is the kind of company that they want to be what do they want to stand for right now uh, if you look at uh, the founders and probably the next level of people that they hire it's very easy for them to trans uh, you know transfer that you know in terms of this is how we work because you're working very closely right and culture values is not statements that you make but it's actually where you're walking the talk correct where you're doing what you're preaching and so others look at you and start learning now when you look at uh, uh, another level of people coming so you're uh, you know the uh, ceo owner founder uh, next level start hiring people to work with them mm-hmm. that is where the break in the chain uh, happens right because it is a communicating to b b is doing 30% of it b will start uh, showing that 70% and c will actually start imbibing 40% of it mm. is even you know around 30% is lost in transition translation mm. so uh, that's where it starts getting diluted so any time when a company is where they're going into a hiring mode you know it's not like the first level but they're actually going into a hiring mode is a good time to define you know take a step back zoom out and actually see what do we want to stand for because when you're looking at growth you're looking at uh, becoming an exponential organization you're go- go- looking at becoming a bigger organization and you want what you stand for to be the core uh, and it's very easy to do it at that stage because it is uh, you know you know your purpose why the organization exists uh you do some uh, exercises introspection around your desired identity what do you want to stand for and uh, from that you actually say okay this is what i want to stand for so this is the kind of culture i want in my organization in order to have this culture these should be those values or those non compromisable things for me in the organization and don't leave the values at those word level but actually translate them into behavior so if you're saying 
uh, you want to demonstrate uh, honesty, this is what we mean. Or if you want to talk about transparent communication, this is what we mean. Which are the behaviors? So it's easy to do at uh, that stage. Uh, for bigger companies, established companies, and some of them that I work with today, where you have to go through a cultural transformation, it's like doing the triple bypass when the person is alive. Right? So it's, it's, it's critical. It needs to be done because you're already seeing the damage of not doing it or not following the culture norms that you want to follow. At the same time, it's extremely risky because you'll have people leaving. Obviously, people who are not fitting into the culture will start leaving the organization. Then uh, people who think who uh, don't find their purpose aligned to the organization will sooner or later leave the organization. Two, three years later, and this one of the companies that I did with now, even when I talked to the CEO, it's three years since I've done that. And uh, we realized that the attrition that happened then was good attrition. Mm -hmm. Because when you actually went, go, went ahead to recruit people at that time, we got the right kind of people who are more aligned to the organization. And uh, so that's where at a later stage, cultural transformation has its own challenges mm -hmm. when it uh, comes to uh, executing it. Mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, but fundamentally, all of them realize that, you know, it's culture is to recruiting what product is to marketing, right? So uh, it's extremely important to have the right culture to attract the right set of people. And uh, what we also realize is there could be star performers outside, but when you recruit them into the organization, if they don't fit into your culture, mm -hmm. you might have disparate, fantastic individual contributors, mm -hmm. but you don't get the benefit of that or the power of that cohesion that happens across the leader mm -hmm. or across your team. So that, that's what becomes very uh, critical. So in terms of timing, I think uh, any time when they see that they're getting into the hiring process is right. Does it happen in only startups? Does it happen uh, for, can you do it for larger organizations? Can be done for both. But larger organizations bring along with them a lot more complexity. It's not tough, but uh, you need to see you on the board to actually see where you're driving them. And, you know, be okay with the initial blips that might uh, happen. I mean, I've sometimes jokingly said that these values are like, you know, the words democratic, or republic or people in some of these countries' titles, right? If you have to call <laughs> it out, then maybe that, that's missing. So if you, and that can be uh, actually a source of difficulty for uh, organizations, right? You say honesty is your uh, cultural value. It almost, as if, if you have to call it out, then what, what you know, drove you to do that? So, um, so let's get a little bit into, I mean, I want to ask you one more question about the benefits before uh, talking about how one should run an exercise like this. Uh, you spoke about its uh, benefits in recruiting, in giving people direction. Uh, are there any external benefits of you know identifying some of these values? Because uh, this is an exercise that is going to be effortful, so painful. A lot of introspection is what I am you know I'm hearing you talk about. So. Uh, what other benefits apart from recruiting uh, or at, you know, good attrition can you think of? So one of the uh, bigger benefits that I have seen is uh, the underlying, uh, you know, negative currents that mm. keep running in the organization between people. Right? It gets uh, it kind of uh, demystifies all of those. You know, where there is only one way in which people can function in the organization. Uh, the other benefit I have seen is it removes a lot of these groups 
Mm. You know, uh, it's my group and my tribe, and I protect them. You know, it just removes all of that because then you it becomes organization talent mm. versus the talent that is associated only with the leader. The other part that I've seen is much higher quality decision making, mm. and this is what some of my clients have also acknowledged about uh, the quality of decision making and the way it improves because people are very clear what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, you. tend to become an organization driven by context than control mm. okay across all levels okay and you know one of the things that uh, you were talking earlier about using some of these words for describing countries right i had one client a couple of years ago who was talking about honesty as one mm. of their uh, values honesty and transparency so then we got into discussing something and he said you know what this is the problem with my ceo and all i said go ahead and tell him So he said, "No, no, no. He's been there with us for almost seven years. You know, we have to figure out how to subtly tell." <laughs> so that's that's where the fundamental problem lies, right? At the CEO level, he's talking about honesty and transparency, but you haven't built the culture in the organization where people are ready to share open feedback. Mm-hmm. Then there is there is a problem. So uh, you know, you need to build a culture where feedback people are open to receiving feedback, where feedback is not personal, but feedback is about the kind of work that is done. now if a leader demonstrates it probably is much easier for people uh, uh, you know below to actually look and uh, say that it's okay to do that right they do not question people in meetings they do not question authority so when you say transparency then that's what you should probably build in the company to actually start respecting uh, those values that you lay out for has there been any instance or have you seen any example where there was a value statement or a word that you thought was very interesting that it was not your run of the mill set of words does anything come to mind most of them at least most i primarily work with indian <laughs> companies so most of them have been uh, some of these values that we are basically copying from the west hmm. right some of these values are copying from the west for instance uh, i i uh, i call something like integrity integrity is like basic so you shouldn't even call it as your company i mean it's like fundamental human value right so mm-hmm. why are you calling it by adding that value how is it differentiating your company's mm-hmm. value system mm-hmm. uh, one organization i failed to uh, remember that uh, they have a book on their uh, values um, uh, so they talk about metrics mm-hmm. metrics are core to our organization and zappos which i was lucky to do an internship while i was doing uh, doing my fellowship Uh, was where uh, they talk about being maniacal about customer service mm-hmm. so anything in the best interest of the customer people could go ahead and make decisions so that was phenomenal because even the junior most guy uh, somebody on the call, customer call support is actually helping out a customer can actually make a decision mm-hmm. to say what what best can you do about uh, customer service so but again that is not like this one word value statement but they are actually defined out what is the expected behavior or the norm so yeah. that to me stands out yeah so just to summarize two things uh, i i wanted to remind myself one was that values are something that you don't you don't plan on compromising on for a long long time maybe never and secondly they should be a chinese whisper proof they should somehow be able, you should be able to transmit them uh you know irrespective of how big things can get and that's when you get the true value of it and can help in things like decision making so uh tell us a, let's talk a little bit about um 
you know, the nuts and bolts of coming up with something like this. But I think Harish has a question. Yeah, so I had a couple of uh, questions. Uh, I, I guess this will also segue into, you know, the next section that you're talking about, Ramanan. Uh, so does that mean, and since you, uh, you know, said that it is a parallel to the operating system in a computer, uh, so instead of, you know, trying to highlight, say, five, six, or in some case, whatever, 14 values or whatever, uh, does that make more sense to look at all possible values that are there and actually describe what each of those means uh, for different roles and in you know different situations so that it is very crystal clear that what does this really mean uh, in my context? Does that you know really make more sense than picking these four, five and saying that oh this is what you know we really want to stand for? I often recommend doing it the other way around. Okay, I tell them, forget about the words. I'll help you come up with the words and the culture statement. So just, I ask them, uh, you know, their purpose. For instance, uh, why are they even running that company? What do they want to stand for? And uh, it's like the uh, obituary exercise uh, that we do, right, Harish, where you're writing your own obituary to understand what are those core things that you stand for. I ask them, you know, to write their done, uh, I call them the done grid statements, which is like, you know, five years, 10 years, if they're writing their own newspaper headlines, forget about the numbers, right? What what do they want to stand for as a uh, company? So that helps come up with their, uh, that helps them come up with their desired identity. Once they have their desired identity, it's about to get there, how should people behave? How should people work? And when people actually come up with this, right, it's much easier to distill and come up with what are those values and the, the associated behaviors. Otherwise, what often happens is uh, the exercise that I've seen people doing often is when they have to come up with their values, it becomes three or four people sitting in one room and actually coming up with those nice sounding words. And uh, it finally becomes, you know, ye bhi chahiye, wo bhi chahiye. But how do you translate and do you really want to uh, stand up for this is something that uh, is a question, right? For instance, there are organizations that talk about innovation mindset or entrepreneurial spirit or, you know, they have different words for this, but they are not a culture where people are, they accept failure. Now, even for accepting failure, uh, you need to create that environment, right? You need to create environment where People are openly coming and talking about what are the experiments they did and how did they, what did they think, what did they learn from it, or you know you have budgets to actually play around. So even if it is about innovation, even if it's about uh, coming up with a new idea, they will really need to work on uh, looking at okay, whose approval do I have to take? How do I justify my idea in the larger context and all of that? So that is not right. So instead, let uh, you know actually looking at these leaders brainstorming to see. What kind of company do they want? And uh, it's always about resolving dilemmas there. You know, when, when you're trying to define your culture and values, it's always about design, uh, you know, resolving a lot of dilemma, uh, dilemmas. For instance, uh, I was talking about context and control, right? Now, context or control, bias to action versus uh, analysis, thorough analysis. These are decisions organizations should take. There's no one right thing. But in the context of their business, what is the right thing? And so uh, as as through workshops and through uh, talking to the leadership team, engaging with them is where you're resolving a lot of these dilemmas. That comes up, that has just come up with what are those bunch of key things that people should do. And then it's easy to actually come up with those value plugs. You know, it could be statements. For some, 
statements are more easier to understand for some it is about uh, uh, you know coming up with those keywords or uh, coming up with key uh, mnemonics and abbreviations so that's the later part according to me otherwise it just gets confusing because you just want everything to be added you know I, this is nice sounding i want to stand for integrity i want to stand for respect for my people and i want to stand for transparency Ma majority of the leaders when you first have this conversation these are things that they come up with we want to be a transparent organization but we are very secretive about our information so then that doesn't make sense right so then you might not have which is okay and that is actually uh, also uh, brings to point that culture is very unique to a company you do not copy what others have done and uh, again defining culture and values for us is something that we are copying from the west which need not be the case for instance uh, what i have seen uh, working with companies in india is um, we are very relationship based organizations right we are very people you know there's thin divide between professional personal relationships whereas lot of companies in the west are task based organizations so you do well you doing well success in india is very uh, very differently defined right and when we are kids right where we are talking about success being uh, uh, standing on top standing being in front of the line and growing faster all of that but success could be success is very different in the west where people are finding individual contributors all their life doing the same thing for 20 25 years because they're passionate about it so understanding what are those values that are important for the company what are those values that will resonate with people who are going to be joining your company is very important i would always say take a grounds up approach and and i have a follow up uh, question on this uh, as well so should organizations treat this as a one time exercise and if they've done it and you know uh, how do they know whether they have actually done a good job of it when do they actually look back uh, what should be the trigger to think about uh, you know even doing this uh, exercise again how do they know whether you know there is there is a need to uh, take another look at it yeah so um, uh, patty mcford uh, who was the earlier uh, chief talent officer for netflix uh, in her book powerful where she talks about how they have worked on it relentlessly actually talks about it as it's not a one time exercise and that's what i've also realized where it's not like uh, it's not passing stone saying these are our values now celebrate close we're going to follow those now that is not going to work because you have to constantly see whether it is serving your organization purpose and that's the role the leadership team plays that's why it's important to keep your values very simple it is it's important to translate into behaviors it's important to translate into metrics where you can follow it to the t you know for instance you're talking about open transparent uh, organization transparency in communication everybody is encouraged to uh, speak everybody is encouraged to give feedback to anybody and you build that culture people are opening up and speaking in meetings if you're talking about a high performance organization you see that a fantastic performer two years back but the skill set is not matching now and the person hasn't upgraded you should be comfortable to tell them to go so you build the have simple values and build all your systems policies processes around those values and you see if it is serving the company purpose if you you see if you are able to have the right uh, people in place right talent in place uh, so again uh, an example from a book right for netflix she said we expect people to work all the time and you know people are constantly contributing so why do they need to apply for vacation why can not why can we not say that uh, you know so they came up with a no vacation policy 
and the simple reason for that was people aren't doing it we don't ask, we don't ask them or they don't charge us overtime when they are working uh, after their work hours they are solving problems for us for the customers so we let's come up with no vacation policy but the simple rules that they brought around it was you can take vacation for as long as you want provided you ensure that your work is not getting affected or disturbed so you know three people from the same department don't leave at the same time now three people from the same department don't leave at the same time didn't come out as part of their initial iteration so they said no vacation policy after a year or i think a year and a half they realized that two or three leaders came and said you know we went back we we had to step back on this particular deliverable because three of our key people left at the same time that's when they said okay let's introduce this so these it's an ongoing thing uh, you know but once you get the fundamental construct right the ongoing thing is more a leadership conversation and constantly looking at how it is working and that's where uh, the hr internal hr teams can actually take a seat at the table where they're uh, talking about what, how was their performance in terms of people in terms of their uh, satisfaction and the some basic metrics that you measure and how is it serving the larger purpose of the organization so hr teams understanding the business context and actually linking performance to that will help see which of those need to be tweaked but working on the basic construct is a one time thing so sirisha when you if someone were to come to you and say you know we, we want to do this exercise we want to identify uh, values we think it should have words like curiosity and honesty and teamwork that's what we have in our mind so what do you you know how do you guide the whole thing typically how long does it take what is your approach uh, like so walk us through the high level outline of your approach sure so what i typically do is not get into the culture conversation at all in the beginning but actually want to understand their vision uh, the broader again now not vision not like the vision statement mission statement kind of thing but actually understand the broader context of how do they see themselves a uh, few years down the line or uh, some of them even come up with uh, think like you know i just want to be bought by a bigger company which is also fair right so in order to be bought what should be your organization looking like because somebody is going to buy you only when they see a 10x value in you uh, so have those conversations which is the business part of it and uh, then understand in the process understand the desired identity which all usually happens through a series of workshops with the core a uh, team in the company uh, come up with a desired identity what, what do we want to be known for uh, as an organization and from that uh, work with them on in terms of culture so in order to get to that desired identity because uh, that's where we actually see whether things like curiosity honesty if those are things that they want to stand for how do they fit in so what do you mean by having uh, curious people what do you mean by transparency uh, now transparency is everybody knows everything might not happen all the time right so how do you define transparency in your context so that people don't misinterpret that and uh, transparency could also bring a lot of aspects of communication so th- that's the crux where i bring in i throw all these dilemma questions to them and we talk through that to uh, resolve where we uh, say okay so uh, what about feedback in the organization are you senior leaders open to feedback do you demonstrate it because values cannot be something that you haven't been doing at all it can't be a switch on and off right it has to be close to what you want to do and probably a wishful area around it but it can't be something drastically new 
from once we identify that broad culture and what are those key values we translate that into behaviors most of this work is done with the leadership team we translate those into behaviors and that's what is circulated through the organization now that's done in different ways that's done in leadership communication that's done through um, a lot of other internal organization communication that's uh, done with leaders walking the talk so basically you start with the top without actually explicitly calling things out you start getting people to demonstrate some of these values and talk more openly about it narrate their own stories then we also do an internal story collection thing where in the organization you're actually recognizing people who have demonstrated uh, these values then you work on the reward and reward mechanism in the organization uh, you, you, and bigger chunk more significant chunk is actually integrating this into the performance management process because what gets recognized gets performed right so uh, and that's what becomes your culture so you need to integrate that into the performance management process that subtly you're constantly noting down what are those things so for instance one organization where we've been working on building a high performance organization we gradually over a period of time got away with the annual performance cycle but started doing a project based performance management process because if it's if it's a high performance organization then you give feedback at that time so that's something that uh, we have done so this is the broad process and structure that is followed how easy uh, is to is is it to resolve these dilemmas because uh, i see that as the point where you have to confront some of these tensions right some are unstated some have been recently discovered so how easy is it for them to reconcile these these different tensions and second question is that uh, uh, tell us a little bit about the output uh, so for example if you take something like curiosity how do you break it down into behaviors and Uh, is there a good number a kind of a goldilocks number for these uh, value statements should they be 3 should they be 10 i think we've seen uh, you know multiples of 10 as well so is there uh, so one is the you know the the dilemma question and secondly uh, what is uh, what is a value like curiosity expressed as in terms of what other information do you usually uh, collect uh, and finally a little bit about the number yeah so uh, resolving the dilemmas i've seen fights break out in rooms <laughs> okay uh, or i've also seen authorities snubbing uh, the other voices in the room mm-hmm. but it's important to recognize and reconcile or you just keep it to the side you know saying this is not something we want to stand for because we don't have an identity but at the end of it, it uh, which is why uh, in the earlier part when you asked me about time how long does it take right it's always been a, in my experience been a function of the kind of organization and the kind of leadership team sometimes uh, it gets done in two three workshops where uh, you know in terms of resolving these dilemmas sometimes we just talk because people want to go back reflect and come back so it's uh, it's challenging in a sense that you bring out all the uh, hidden can of worms in the organization or between people because you're explicitly asking them to talk about uh, some of the things that they don't want to talk uh, but that it's very clear either we decide on a way we resolve our differences and decide on a way or we say that we don't have a point of view on this and we don't want to talk about it when things like that are left as we don't want to talk about it the next workshop i go to them with what are all the bad things that can happen if they don't talk about it and that's a call that they take whether they are ready to uh, let those things happen let that impact their culture 
and it is fine there are lot lots of times there are unresolved dilemmas but that makes it very clear to them that they don't talk about it as their identity so uh, that's the first part and uh, the goldilocks number i uh, haven't really figured it out uh, you know the ideal number uh, typically i usually try restricting them to 4 to 6 because it's very tough to uh, drive, for people to remember versus driving behavior mm-hmm. sometimes whatever they have like people come to me with 18 20 Uh, you know, I've also seen cases where people have 18 cultural statements and another 15 values. Mm. So that's that's chaos because it makes it very difficult for the other person to understand and interpret. So we actually bring that down to what is core for the company. Because the questions that I keep asking is: Is this something that you will uh, measure people's performance on? Is this something that you will send people away from the organization? Is it something that you want to stand for in every practice that you follow? And actually bring those nuances out where I say that. you know in sales if this you know if this is what you're talking about let's say transparency is what is what you're talking about this is how your sales person is going to go and have a conversation or this is how your sales person will come back and give input to the product team is your product team going to be open for that feedback because you're talking about transparency which means translating your customer insights directly into uh, action and taking a call and telling the sales guy whether you're doing it or not doing it lot of times some of these things are left in the lurch right so those are things that we keep uh, talking about uh, and that that's what uh, helps us drill down what what does it value stand for and i've also seen where transparency defined in one organization will be could be very different from transparency defined in another organization so defining those behaviors is a critical part that i see in this exercise right so uh, let's take an example of something like curiosity let's say you know an organization you've gone through the process you're in the middle of it you everyone is happy with that being one of the values uh, uh what else do you come around uh, you know what else do you build around it so that it's more concrete people understand what curiosity means in our context and i want to ask uh, uh, what harish had also alluded to earlier which is do you try and you know define this in the context of different roles or different levels so that because uh, i might be a, a fresh man engineer what does it mean to me compared to i am in sales what does you know i have not heard of curiosity being a part of my uh, you know value system uh, so how do you uh, approach once you've identified it uh, what do you put in so that people understand uh, how to operationalize this yeah so how would we define curiosity will strongly depend on the nature of the organization it basically comes from them so let's say uh, curiosity is Uh, you know an organization where people are constantly learning uh you know people are constantly upskilling themselves and curiosity could be uh, they could define it as understanding what different functions in the organization do at different levels so you know it could be people doing short projects with people from other groups uh yeah, from other departments teams it could be about uh, constantly looking at what is the next for the organization they essentially you are uh, bringing in that future thinking aspect uh, across the organization for them to start contributing to uh, different things it could be about uh, uh, bringing those tiny changes and innovations in their own role whether looking at doing things better so most of this stems from the nature of the organization and once you define this the next step uh, and i think i missed answering that when harish asked is uh, actually looking at some of the key roles in the organization 
which have majority of the population. So usually we pick up the roles which are assigned to 80% of people in the organization. And say, what does that mean in each of these roles? Because sometimes some dilemmas come out through that also. Uh, you know, so we also define what does it mean. So at an org level, you have a broad structure. 90% of the time, what you define at an org level gets into a little more detail when it is done at a role level. You don't have any outliers that are coming up. And if they're coming up, you say what it is and what it is not. Make that very clear when it happens at a role level. Let's talk a little bit about the power of stories in making this very concrete, that Chinese whisper proof, right? That Vibita spoke about earlier. So, uh, you know, what, how do you advise organizations to do this once, you know, the abstract thinking has been done, agreed upon, uh, the, the basic community, everybody understands, you know, at their level what it does, but uh, how do you get this message across and the role of stories and other forms of communication? So uh, the abstract level thinking is done just by a handful of people mm. okay, sitting inside meeting rooms. Now the crux lies in actually getting it uh, out, right? And stories play an important role. Now two kinds of stories. One is leader, leadership stories, the one, the walk the talk that I was talking about, where you are saying, you know, somebody in flesh and blood has actually demonstrated mm. this. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's an easy part to do, right? Because they are the ones who have been involved in all these workshops. So each of them will have at least one or two stories to talk about. The tougher part and the most critical part is actually getting stories from the ground. Mm. When you start collecting stories from the ground, you know, one, you know how people are living these values at every level in the organization. And when you're collecting stories, you're collecting them at a behavior level. Mm. You do not collect a story around execution. You do not collect a story around uh, respect in the organization. But you actually talk about a nuanced aspect of respect that uh, somebody's uh, showing, right? So respect for people, do people talk down to people, do people, um, is there an equal participation, equal feedback sharing mechanism in a meeting? And uh, what does respect mean when you talk about diversity and inclusion in that context, what does respect mean? So when you're talking about all of these, you start picking stories at a behavior level. Mm -hmm. So that makes the, uh, you know, the behavior come to life, right? And those are stories that people resonate a lot with. And they know that somebody else has done, so I can do it. And, you know, it's not that somebody from my role has never done it. Mm -hmm. uh, there is, you know, so-and-so person in the organization who is in a similar role as mine, who has done it in the past, so I can do it better. It also gives people a lot of ideas about um, coming up with uh, better ways of doing their own work, especially mm -hmm. when they hear other stories. So I think stories plays a very, very critical role. And uh, how do you disseminate this in an organization effectively? A lot of times, uh, the places that I've seen is where uh, the uh, stories are sent to people. Mm -hmm. uh, there are also uh, times when uh, earlier when, uh, you know, physical events used to be uh, the norm. Uh, recognizing a lot of these people and actually sharing their stories mm -hmm. in terms of their citation mm -hmm. is something where the individuals also got, uh, uh, you know, uh, recognition there and the, the individual is also very uh, 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 open in terms of sharing what had actually transpired. Mm -hmm. Some of the negative stories are something that I encourage a lot of leaders especially up to the middle management from the top till the middle management level to come up with where they didn't mm -hmm. practice something and what happened. Mm -hmm. 
and i often encourage them to talk a lot more about it in terms of how it affected them how it affected their team the team morale and the company so people also know what not to uh, do and when something is being said about what not to do they also know why it should not be done mm-hmm. yeah that's a very very important point because uh, it's there's a danger of this being seen as a pr exercise and therefore uh, especially if one of your values is authenticity then you had better you know, practice this as well uh, because that can build a sense of uh, you know trust between different Uh, it's not like your leaders are perfect and everybody is going to practice all this 24 by 7 there are going to be missteps and i think acknowledging them uh, you know actually makes it more uh, useful uh, and has the has the actual deepening effect uh, than otherwise uh, in fact omkar just called out the fact that uh, you know one of our uh, one of the books that we often refer to power of moments talks about how stories can help you kind of stumble across the the inside the right behavior rather than you trying to preach it to them because i'm sure a lot of this gets into that preachy territory right where you're telling people this is what you should be doing and you come off from a you know pulpit of sorts so i think that's where the the story can help you uh, you know discover some of these for yourself but uh, in a manner that is sticky and can also help it uh, spread out yeah all right serious in a manner where yeah in a manner where you're actually bringing uh what it means hmm. and not the stated value hmm. uh so you know it's not uh, just to ensure it doesn't become too preachy and uh, extensive amount of organized structured communication and using multiple ways you keep sending the same mailer with a story uh you know once every three days right you, people tend to ignore so different disseminating it through different forums and different mechanisms becomes very very critical especially the story you know one of our favorite analogies this year or reference points for culture dissemination has been how you know marketing does it how religion does it uh, how even the military does it so you know there are these embedded reporters you have uh, you have media and politics the connection between them you know they understand the power of communication of story of co- continuous uh, and you know consistency of the message day in and day out so do you think that organizations would benefit from these embedded reporters or you know people who are there to can ca- ca- capture these stories because as you said rightly one is people struggle to identify the right kinds of stories uh, they may not know the difference between openness and transparency if there is a distinction in that organization so someone who is trained to kind of you know spot it like a reporter does write it up like you know people are taught to do in journalism school present it in a f- fashion that can be accessible to a lot of people like you know marketing teams do uh, do you think things like that or systematic things like that would really help because otherwise this is just you know i've been given one more thing to do on top of all my other responsibilities so uh, what is done earlier in some of the companies they probably the little smaller in size about 120 130 people is where uh, you actually uh, drill down to people where this becomes the way of living for them in the company mm-hmm. so for instance if a leader is measured about how many people in his team are actually demonstrating those values and behaviors mm-hmm. you know initially it becomes a force but over a period of time recognizing his team members mm-hmm. becomes the norm and the way a leader can submit a story about somebody from his team is actually publicly recognizing him in a team meeting 
you know you just i'm just giving one construct you put something like that then the leader one the leader has to see what people are talking about the leader has to present an authentic story the leader has to recognize that person and the leader has to share the story with the hr team or some central team which is going to disseminate it across the organization over a period of time we've seen that people start naturally doing it there's some people for whom recognizing others comes very naturally this is for those where you know you need to prod them but if they know that a part of their performance management is revolving around how many people have i built in my team who are actually demonstrating these values and i'm presenting an authentic story it also becomes very uh, compelling for the person to start recognizing people so uh, that's where integrating a lot of other processes right the way engagement is done mm. and all of that becomes important now once they present a raw story either their external uh, uh, companies that help them actually structure it and bring it to a form which can be shared with the rest of the organization or sometimes the team the hr team start taking these stories and work on them and add all the pulp to it to uh, share it across the organization but uh, getting the leader or the manager or the lead to do it on the spot at the right time is a behavior that you have to drive uh, in the organization it's almost as if uh, you know you need a baseline set of behaviors around recognition and the immediacy and appropriateness of feedback and mapping that to your values that that goes with the territory it's, it's the science side of maybe uh, you know driving culture so uh, we are almost at the end of our uh, time sirisha thank you so much uh, before we end are there any you know someone if a chro is listening to this a cpo is listening to this uh, they are starting on this journey they just want to you know get get their minds around how to uh, you know how to think about this better uh, are there books are there podcasts are there resources that they should you know you would recommend to them to start with yeah so there are no specific books that are uh, you know expect probably uh, culture codes uh, right other there are specific books which talk explicitly a lot about it and the uh, one of the best books that i have uh, read is the uh, no rules rules recent book it's a conversation between erin mayer who is a professor at ncr and uh, reed hasting the ceo of netflix about uh some of them if you actually look at some of their cultural aspects right it's shocking it's a how can a company uh, work like this you know it's in this against uh, the natural way of how humans work where we are very empathetic and we are very uh, uh, we are not direct in our feedback and all that's how human relations works so how does this company thrive and uh, he has powerful explanation for all of this so the book is actually a conversation between erin mayer and um, read hasting uh, so that that's a very nice book uh, then uh, the book uh, that i was uh, she's also erin uh, mayer has also written another book which is culture map which talks about some of these dilemmas to resolve in a cross cultural context mm-hmm. now again that's something that we didn't speak about uh, today but uh, that again is a huge dimension in itself right where some of the values that you have especially for mnc some of the values that you have centrally might not interpret the same way different cultures uh, so she actually looks at some of those basic human values and how they are interpreted very differently in different countries so that's been a very insightful book then uh, patty mccord's uh, netflix uh, i mean the stories from netflix that she writes in a book called powerful is again a very interesting one 
a lot of books about their own organization mm. so you, uh, you know read the book on google on amazon or powerful organizations and if you actually read the founder stories right uh, it gives you an insight into what was the kind of culture that they were breeding in the organization again this is very very personal to their organization right so this Uh, and probably the reason why there's no one single book on culture that exists which acts as a holy bible because uh, it's it's very very personal to the company and to what they want to stand for right yeah i think omkar also points out that books like good to great they talk about how you get the right people in the right places and yeah. what you spoke about can help do that matching so that you know your organization is moving forward all right i think we've had a fascinating con- introductory conversation to uh, the world of culture building through identifying the right values uh, i'm sure we'll do a couple of follow ups on this topic soon uh, thank you so much sirisha and uh, for for giving us your insights on this topic we'll chat with you very soon thank you everyone thank you so If you want to get into the habit of reading or explore diverse topics that you wouldn't have read otherwise CTQ Compounds is for you Compounds are expertly curated by us and are a great way to slip in 15 minutes of reading non-fiction every day The Future Stack Compound is perfect for anyone with their eye on the future It gives you a regular dose of relevant info to keep you current and relevant in the future to come For how you can be a part of a compound go to ctqcompounds.com You can also see what our compound members have to say about their experience there That's ctqcompounds.com